Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, anything, wherever you are in the world right now, whatever time it is, this is my other podcast and this topic today will be about depression. Now this structure is a little bit different because I tried to write a script based on it and also I have spoken to quite a few people because I really wanted to get more than just one experience across about this issue. So, first of all, I thought I would talk about the symptoms of depression. So, if you have a continuous low mood or sadness, hopelessness or helplessness feeling, if you're irritable all the time, if you have no motivation or interest in things, if you're not getting any enjoyment out of life, or you have suicidal thoughts, or thoughts of harming yourself, you have any changes in your appetite, your weight, lack of energy, loss of libido, disturbed sleep, you're avoiding people, so you're avoiding contacting your friends and your family, you're taking part in fewer social activities, you're neglecting your hobbies and your interests, then it's most likely that you are depressed, or feeling depressed at this time anyway. And if that is the case, it's always good to speak to someone about it. Never just let it spiral out of control. It's all perfectly okay. It's really important to remember that depressed is a state, while depression is a disease. And part of the problem is that people equate these two things as synonyms when they're rather different. One is a normal human emotion, which should be accepted by all, and another is a human state, which should be accepted by all. People can describe depression as many things. I like to use the terms an emotional vampire or a dementor, the way it just sucks and drains everything from you. Other people have described it as a monster, saying... It's ugly. And it's true. Depression is an ugly monster that slowly creeps in, unseen, unheard, in a subtle way. That you're not even entirely sure that it's there in the first place until one day it's in your face and it becomes impossible to ignore. But you try not to notice it and you stay calm and act as normal as you can. But until one day, the only option to do battle with it or to attempt to flee from it. The things that it tells you and it leads you to believe, for example, like no one likes you anyway, and so on, all the poisonous messages result in us isolating ourselves and feeling horribly disconnected from the world. So other times people feel like they're on a sinking ship This person described it as, I'm beneath the surface of the water, all sound incoherent, below aside from the thoughts crowding from my mind. For most, it's easy to swim up to the surface for air, to reunite with the world. But for myself, reaching the surface is a struggle. The weight of worldly things drag me down deeper and deeper. Self-doubt, self-loathe. An uncertainty of existence. All these things keep me under. I feel like another way to describe it is like waves crashing onto the shore. 
Depression, for myself, isn't just one emotion, but many derived from anger, sadness, tiredness, emptiness. Everything that seems to crash to the surface with no control. I'm just trying to breathe for one moment of clarity. And that is extremely powerful. It's very hard to explain to people who've never known serious depression or serious anxiety about the sheer continuous intensity of it. There's no off switch to it. And sometimes you feel so overwhelmed that you don't even understand your own brain. It becomes a stranger to you. So, with all that being said, I've got accumulation of different things that are useful. And I'm not saying it's going to cure your depression, because I know it just doesn't work like that. But it should help at least a little bit. There's different things you can do, like music people have found the most helpful that I've asked on this um, project. Um, they find animals helpful, like their pets, getting in touch with nature, to exercise, to have like soothing herbal teas, to have creative outlets that help us navigate troubling emotions by expressing them in a productive form rather than a destructive form. You can also do that through things like writing and drawing and support networks are so important. Having people around you who will make time for you to hang out with you and do things that bring you joy even if it might not be someone else's favourite thing to do. For example, if you're doing this for a friend who feels depressed, it will mean the world to them. So. Also, distraction is another thing. So it's important that we allow ourselves to say how we feel, but then not continuously dig that up again. We don't want to indulge into our, what we call a woundology, victimized kind of state. But we have to just allow that feeling to be there, but to direct our focus onto something else that brings us joy, and no matter how small that joy might seem. Purpose seems to be key. And human connection, compassion is so important and so priceless. Like, you do not understand how far a kind word can go to somebody else and how much it can make their day. And obviously, the basic ones that are completely... Everyone seems to know these ones, you know, good diet, good exercise, medication if needed. As people often feel like, you don't need a medication for depression. And there's all this kind of crap going around about it. But really, it's just like, as someone who has diabetes, is insulin. It's all it is, is having an aid for that chemical imbalance of serotonin is nothing to be ashamed of at all. And in this part, we'll talk about the misconceptions of depression. 
basically depression is subjective. It's difficult to define. There's a lack of understanding that frustrates others because they don't know how to help a person suffering from it. And someone once told me, who I spoke to, was like, depression is being colorblind and constantly told how colorful the world is. We must be very cautious of different trigger words when someone is depressed. Like These words are ultimately not okay at all. Like Telling them just to think happy thoughts, that you'll be fine, or cheer up, or you're just overreacting, or they're just seeking attention. These things mean that our feelings aren't being heard, and when we feel that, we close off. And the emotions just become more and more out of control, more and more painful, and we suppress them. And this can manifest in the body as so much physical pain and emotional pain. And it becomes so unbearable for that person. It's important to remember that depression is not laziness or an excuse to get out of activities. And also... For the older generation, which I have heard of from quite a lot of people now who are speaking to in regards to this podcast, they had some negative experiences, particularly with the older generation, who's saying that young people have got nothing to feel depressed about. Now, age has nothing to do with it, and I think there's a misconception that because you're young therefore you must be at the peak of your health whether that be mental or physical just because we cannot see it it doesn't mean it isn't there we cannot see love we can't see ignorance but that doesn't mean that those aren't there depression is subjective and that is what it boils down to It differs from person to person, but it neither makes it wrong or right in the way that you define it, because we're all different. And sometimes people just think it's all in your head, or it's not actually there, or sometimes they say it's just a phase and you're in your teens. There's persons that I feel like there were more acceptance and compassion more people will feel okay seeking help or someone to talk to about it. But not just that. They would feel okay to trust others with this information as well. Now usually it's engraved in our brains from our experiences such as depression, right? At a young age, between the ages of one and five, How your family treats you, how your friends treat you, what you see, it will verify your growth. But even as you get older, we're very impressionable people, especially when our brains aren't fully developed. If anyone has ever made it seem like you were bothersome in a way, It feels like it sticks to you like a sap to a tree. It's like when someone you trust breaks it, it becomes harder to trust people as well. 
So not a lot of the older generation will do this, but some do. Um, we're brought up in a culture as not to delve too much into our personal feelings, just not to talk about it and get on with it. And perhaps that's why people sometimes don't believe that those who are feeling those emotions, who are so open about it, are being real. Because they think, oh, if they're feeling real pain, they'll just hide it. They're over-dramatizing it and so on. We still live in a culture where we don't know how to emotionally express ourselves in a healthy way. Alcohol, drug addiction, gambling, you name it, self-harm, depression, suicide, anger issues, everything, all stems from us not knowing how to express ourselves in a way that is healthy for us. And that emotion is seen as a weakness in other people's eyes, or the emotion is seen as a vulnerability. Like, I can't show people that I feel depressed because it will make me feel weaker and I don't want to be like that. I'm strong, I'm a confident person and nothing is ever going to phase me in that kind of way. It's what people can tend to think. And vulnerability, I must emphasise, is not a weakness. It is a strength to show true vulnerability. Sorry about that, you guys, my Alexa app went off and that was... Yeah, anyway, as I was saying, to show true vulnerability is a really big strength and it takes so much bravery and so much courage to admit those things. I found a quote, alas, like all of the vibe that we have going on here can be intense, so I've, I've broken it down into some things that will change the pace a little bit. So it says, sometimes your joy is the source of your smile, but sometimes your smile can be the source of your joy. And sometimes there's a saying of that, fake it until you make it, and I'm not saying you should ever fake feeling happy and eventually you'll feel happy, but if you try and smile even when you don't feel like smiling, the brain chemicals can actually convince us in a way that we're feeling some degree of happiness or elation just from smiling. It's always worth a try anyway. So, in this part I'm going to talk about erasing doubts. So, there's key themes that arose from the friends and people who reached out to me. And these were that they felt alone. They felt like a burden and they felt they had to avoid people. I want to say that you are not alone. Definitely speaking up is so important. Being honest with how you feel. We shouldn't have to feel obligated to sugarcoat those emotions either. Investing in ourselves is the best thing we can do. 
knowing too that we're not alone in our battles, that others are like us who have been through or are currently going through a similar battle of their own. It really helps to know that we're not alone in our own suffering. And I think that sense of camaraderie is so important. And you are not a burden. You are battling through this daily disease every day. You're a warrior. So don't avoid people. I know you want to, but that makes you feel more and more alone. It's a vicious cycle, a self-fulfilling prophecy. You want to avoid others around you from noticing how you're feeling. And then that leads to isolation, which can sometimes make us feel even worse. And human connection is so important. Being listened to, saying how you really feel, being present and authentic in that moment can be incredibly cathartic. Even if you don't want to actually go out there into the world, just pick up the phone and call a loved one and talk to them. Express everything you're feeling. Let it out. Your friends and your family are there for a reason, and if you feel like you have no one, then I'd recommend to call a helpline or a crisis line. There are always people available to talk to. <clears throat> I had a really interesting topic that I wrote about in my blog post um, a while ago. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, because I certainly don't know Japanese fluently at all, but it's called Kintsugi. And basically, it is a technique <clears throat> in Japanese pottery. And what they do is when a pot breaks, they gather all the pieces together and they remould the, the same pot together again. But as they mould the pieces together, they combine them with this kind of glue that has a kind of gold paint inside it. So once the pottery has come together, it's got loads of different golden cracks as you see it as a final piece. And the meaning of that is that our flaws and our cracks and our things that we perceive as our weaknesses or whatever are actually the most beautiful parts of us because they're raw, they're human and it's about embracing those things that make us different rather than feeling like we need to isolate ourselves from other people because of that. You are a beautiful piece of broken pottery but broken in a good way. We are all broken in many ways, but it doesn't define us and it doesn't mean that because we're broken we can't be beautiful. It can be extremely beautiful and if you look at some of the pottery on Kintsugi, there's some very, very beautiful pieces. Another theme that people were talking about is grieving. Grieving for the time when they're healthy again. About the things that they could do that they might not be able to do now. 
And I found a really empowering quote about this that says, do not let what you cannot do interfere with what you can do. Because it just takes so much energy. We focus our minds on everything that we can't do. We lose sight of the little things that we can do, that can empower us, that can make us feel like we have a purpose or that make us happier. It's so easy to get caught up in, I can't do this, I can't do that. But we need to find a way to look at the situation a little bit differently or have a different tactic to it. It doesn't mean that we're hopeless. Like if you judge a fish by its ability to walk, it will believe its whole life it's stupid, as the quote was saying. But also, I know there's walking fish, but just from that point, most fish would believe they're stupid, and you're not just because of that, basically. It's okay, and it shouldn't be anything to be ashamed of. And I understand sometimes all it seems is it's just too much, it's too overwhelming, feels like everything is on fast forward and you just talk to someone this is what someone said don't think about stupid things like you're all alone because all of us feel alone no one understands me someone may not understand you but they can listen and learn from you if you talk to them there are people willing to help so don't give up searching for those people. And also don't stop trying to help yourself. You are important. I thought when I spoke to that person that was just such a beautiful, empowering message I had to pass on to you guys. Depression digs so deep into our insecurities in a way that we end up becoming our own worst enemy. And we need to be kind to ourselves. Okay, so in this section I'm going to talk about how to create a better culture for mental health. So, equal opportunities within the workplace are so important. Because nothing makes you feel more damn depressed than being jobless and broke as hell. Having a purpose is so, so important for those. It's important that they made to feel, I say normal, whatever the heck that is, but it should be normalized and not made to feel like you're an alien on a strange planet. We have to empower people's lives and fill it with purpose rather than seeking to segregate them and isolate them because they're different. We're all different in our own ways. Why should that matter? And another way we can deal with things is education needs majorly targeting. I can't emphasize this enough that we teach our children maths and we teach them science, but we don't have lessons about well-being. Not truly. We don't have lessons about how to handle anxiety and depression, heartache, sexuality internal gender conflicts that we might encounter and all of these things ironically we should know in life 
don't get taught to us, yet it's really important that we all know the square root of pi. <laughs> yet I have no clue how to emotionally maintain my well-being. What is the culture we are creating for this world? I leave you on that thought. I'm just going to go to the end note. If you are in crisis right now, I encourage you to reach out to professionals and crisis teams whenever you feel the urge to self-harm or those suicidal thoughts creep in. There is always something worth living for, no matter how small. Little things can make a difference. It's paramount people know the services they have access to, like crisis lines, suicide hotlines, and some lines they can just go to to talk to someone if they're feeling lonely. And please, just Google your lo local crisis teams when you're going through times like this. Someone told me that depression is a strong thing. And it may seem like there's nothing we can do about it. But you know you're stronger than it. And it may seem like it has its grip on you. But you are stronger than it. When you feel like it's the end of the world and no one cares for you, know that there is someone that cares for you deeply. There are always people there to love and give support to you when you need it. Whether it be family members, a close friend, a doctor, a helpline, there is always someone there. And I'm going to leave you on this note. All it takes is a handful of people who dare to just speak out about this. It takes a ripple effect. The more people talk about depression, the more others will feel encouraged to open up about it too. So please, let's make small ripples today, just one step at a time. And if you have depression, voice it out. Let others know there is nothing to be ashamed of. Bye guys, I hope you will have a wonderful day.